I love to give, I love it when we give our hearts in worship. And Sunday mornings we kind of stick to a little bit stricter schedule and Wednesday nights we, we're a little bit more open and our hearts can, can uh, soften and I can tell you some of the songs we sang tonight are tough ones to, to, uh, to sing together as a congregation, but man, they really hit the heart. I feel like they hit the heart of the Lord. That song, uh, Open Up the Doors and Let the Music Play, Let the Streets Resound with Singing, you know, the, the line before that is, Prepare the Way of the Lord. That's John the Baptist's message, and we are to speak it out here in this world. He was out in the world speaking about the coming Christ, and we, we need this to be released out into our streets, and you know how it's going to be released is out of your mouth. We're not hoping for someone else to do it. We're the ones called to do it. Let us resound with singing in the streets, songs of hope. You know, I was singing this song tonight, and it has never came clear to me, this one part, but every song that we hear on the radio, there's no song of hope. There's no hope in secular music. None. It's good to sing. It's catchy. There's no hope. People need songs of hope. The world needs hope, and not worldly hope. Real hope, godly hope, hope that doesn't let you down, hope that doesn't fail. Are you with me? That's what we're singing for. That's what we're praying for. Um, I've got, we have just are blessed so much with our worship team and a team that just is um, overloaded with talent, not just musical talent, but and I don't know how to put this right for it to sound right, but spiritual talent. We're, they're spiritually rich from Tammy to John to Karen to uh, Ron to um, Kyle and, uh, am I leaving anybody out tonight? Laurie, Rich, just oozing out, just can't wait to let the worship out of their mouths. And don't, don't take that for granted, church. We have got such a wonderful worship team. I've got Steve over here on electric guitar who just works his fingers to the bone through the week but comes in completely prepared. Haley Casey, 16 years old, comes in completely ready to go. We've got such a great team here. Amen? Amen. Of warriors. It comes every week, ready to do battle. You realize we're doing battle. I, I'm, I, here I go, I'm kind of on my soapbox, but what a, what a church we've got. Let it be released out into the city. Let people see what God can do. He saved me from the pit of hell. I don't know if y'all have ever heard this story. I'm not going to tell much of it, but I was passed out drunk on the middle of 4th Street. In the middle of the night, could have been ran over, in the, laying in the middle of the road. And I was saved. That's how much God loves me. He didn't, there, a car wasn't sent. He didn't let Satan send a car to run me over. Nope. He loves me regardless of what I've done to him. He loves me. He loves you. And we need to let it out of our mouth. 
let it out of our mouth. Affect somebody around you. Amen. Tell somebody about Jesus. That's just one story I have. I have many, and my wife starts cringing when I start telling my stories. But you've got your story. And he saved you anyway. Anyway. Knowing what I would do to the Lord. Fred, as you were saying, how we do things when God's not here. Knowing what I would do when the boss wasn't looking. He still saved me. He still paid that price for me on the cross. He still paid that price. We have got some great opportunities coming up with VBS and with Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. And, you know, Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames seems to be an old school thing, but is salvation old school? It's not old school. It's God's school. It's God saving people, rescuing people from the pit of hell. VBS is old school. I've had so many children's ministers saying, are you kidding? You're still doing VBS? Yep. You're still doing Bible drills? Yep. And they're still effective. You know, Washington Avenue does the passion play. And it's effective. The cross of Jesus Christ is effective. So I want to encourage you, be praying for salvations. Let me just barely get started with this and then I'm going to stop. But have you ever convinced yourself that something was going to go wrong? Have you ever convinced yourself in your mind something was going to go wrong? You just knew you weren't going to get that job. You just knew it. Even before the interview. And then what happened? You got it. Or you just knew your children was going to have a wreck driving home. But they arrived home safely. Have you ever thought about the kind of attacks that go on in your mind? And I mean people that know Jesus. What is going on in your head? All the worry. Sometimes we just wonder what is going on in our head. But I want you to know the Bible addresses the all in your head syndrome. Have you ever had somebody say, man, it's just in your head. It's not real. God understands that. If we're not deliberate, we are capable of imagining countless scenarios that demolish relationships and bad things happen. So he built his words and his word gives us instructions for recognizing and overcoming our minds and not letting our minds run away from us. Do you know people that will always think the worst? Something happens and all of a sudden the scenario goes not to the best but to the worst that could ever happen. We all do it. And, and you know what? They've convinced themselves that that's what's going to happen. Or someone says something to you. Say, hey, how's it going? Well, what did you mean by that? Have I done something to you? What did I do? What have I done to you? I'm, I, that sounds funny, but is that not true? Someone will just say, hey, what do you mean? Was that a nice hey? These battles in our mind are actually a normal part of a Christian's experience. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul talks about this very vividly. Let's look at it real, real quickly. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
Paul says that we are living in these physical bodies in a material world. And at the same time, we're in a war, but the war is not being fought by the physical or the material realm. It's in a different realm. And he says right here in verse 4, for the weapons... I'm sorry, I said the wrong part. I needed to say uh, Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. No, 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 no. Is that what I just said? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> what did I read first? Needs to be three. Did I read three? Okay, good. My, my tech team back there, by the way, I didn't give you all a shout out. Let me tell you, they are back there warring every single week with us worship team members. And man, they do a great job. Every single week. No glory. All they get's the negative. All I do is yell at them about the words being wrong and the lights being wrong, the sound being wrong. And y'all yell at them about the volume being wrong and the heat being too hot and it's too cold. And, and there they still are. We still love them. I started in the sound booth. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Somebody say amen. God has given us the appropriate weapons because this war that we're engaged in is not in the physical realm. God's saying this war is not in the physical, it's in the spiritual, and you better have my tools. I've given you the weapons. The war is not in what you think it is. It's not what you see. It's what you don't see. And if you don't see it, you're going to get whipped. But God says the war of our the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down, down strongholds. God's given these appropriate weapons. Our weapons are not physical, but spiritual. God has given us spiritual weapons that will destroy strongholds. In this war, there are strongholds that oppose us and oppose God. And Paul goes on to describe these strongholds in verse 5. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All of these words deal with one realm, and that's the realm of the mind. They deal with the realm of the mind, arguments, knowledge, and thoughts. Is that not where our battle is? When we get mad, it's not because of somebody, it's because of the way we react to it. I can decide to get mad or not to get mad. It's my decision how I react. It's my decision what I do when someone, in my opinion, does me wrong. All these deal with the realm of the mind. Paul has made it clear that the battlefield is in the mind. Having pressures in your mind is not unnatural or abnormal. It is part of life and it's part of the Christian life. It's not necessarily a sign that you are doing anything wrong or that you're on the wrong path. It's just part of your total Christian experience. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to try to stop here if I can. We need to realize something very important. I have an enemy of God in me. Now, I'm going to give you scripture. Even though we're Christians serving God, we have an enemy in our own mind. Romans 8, 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity. Enmity means enemy, opposed, 
hostile against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. I, I, am, I am an educated person. I have a degree from Tennessee Tech University where I received an undergraduate in business, an undergraduate degree in business. Then I went on. The church, you, uh, sent me to school as a worship leader, and I got a master's in pastoral studies. And then I went on to get a doctorate in Christian counseling. But if you don't know Christ, then your mind that's being educated is an enemy of God. Now, I'm I'm trying to shake you up a little bit. Just hang in there with me. You will develop inside of you a very educated enemy of God. Many people trust in education, but education will not change your mind from being an enemy of God. It says because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. What do you mean? I mean, you could go to seminary, you could go to seminary and not know Christ and educate a carnal enemy of God. People go to seminary every single day that don't know Jesus. And it says the mind, the mind is an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. There has to be a total and complete change. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says that God has given us the appropriate weapons. There are many weapons for this war, but I want to give you two weapons that God has and one of them is God's word and the other one is prayer now I'm, 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 I guess I'm going to stop here I want to give you I'm, uh, I don't know what do I do I'm torn I know but you know we got we have, life goes on but I want to say right now for just a second when it comes to worship I believe that when this worship team starts to open their mouths that weapons are being released to battle spiritual forces. I believe it was happening tonight through John, through Tammy, through Robert. And then it started happening out in the congregation through Elizabeth, through Fred, through, the, through everyone. It, start, it starts to get in, infectious. We had last week, last Wednesday night, um, you guys just started worshiping and just kind of in my opinion, it kind of went from leader, the, the leading of the worship being on stage to being out in the congregation. I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but all of a sudden some shouting, some talking, some movement started happening. And as a worship leader, personally, that's what I love. My, I, I feel like as a worship leader that I, I'm to get you started. I'm a coach that wants to get you going, and then you go. You go. I've done my job. Get you on the playing field and get to playing. Now, come on. Round that base. Randy Pigman is, is the worst person you can have on base because he will not obey the signs. You know what? When he gets going, there is no stopping him. If you've ever been in here praying with him, when he gets running, get out of the way. That, that's, what, that's, what, that's what, as a pastor, that's what I want is... For, for the word to get out and it go. It, 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 the, the world can't be changed from this stage. It's got to go out. 
Randy, I don't know if you remember me coaching third, and you were rounding second, and I'm holding up the stop sign, and there was no stopping. Get out of the way. He, he, you know you've played with him. There's no stopping. You know, by the way, he has ran with the Bulls in Pamplona. Amen. Amen. Some people are thinking, I thought a lot of that guy until I heard that. (laughs) I'm going to close with prayer, but I want you to know right now, you trying to battle this thing in the flesh, you're going to lose. I don't care if you're spirit-filled and tongue-talking and Shundai Mohiki and should have bought a Honda and bought a... uh, You know what? You're not using your spiritual weapons. You're going to lose. Christians, you're going to lose. Where we're going to pick it up next time is God's Word and prayer. There is success. And I want you to know, you know, as we were just kind of lingering, the Lord loves lingering prayer. That's kind of what was going on right here at the end is you just kind of praying in the middle of worship. You know, it's, I feel like it's what goes on around the throne of God. You know, just that incense, that, that, those prayers coming up. The Lord said, I, 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 my house is not a house of worship. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of prayer. Now, I want to encourage you. Stop trying to fight in the flesh. Start fighting in the spirit. Get your word of God out. Go and read Ephesians about what is the armor of God and start using it. Use your prayer language. Use your prayer. Use the word. Use truth. Use righteousness. You know what? Start walking according to God's word and watch the hills start to come down. But you've got to walk it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power, Lord. I thank you for your word. Lord, I just want to thank you for this worship team and this spirit of worship that gets released in this place. Lord, let us not be like uh, Michael and reject your worship, despise your worship. Let us be careful not to judge worship but to listen for your word and listen for your confirming word in that worship. And Lord, as it confirms in our spirit, Lord, let our spirit win over our flesh. Our flesh wants to reject. Our spirit wants to go more. Lord, let let us worship you as you are being worshipped around the throne of God. Just thank you for this church, Lord. Let these strongholds be broken this week, even though I've not even gotten into it. Lord, we can take your word and battle and win. Quit trying to fight one another, for the fight is not with each other. It is with the powers and principalities of the air. It is with Satan himself. Lord, we bless you, and we love you, and we honor you. And we glorify you and rescue us, Lord, in the midst of our battle. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. I'm sorry I've kept you long, but you know what? It is summer and school's out, so uh, chop that one up to, I went over a little bit. Bless you. Have a great week.